The reading this morning is from Philippians 2, 1 through 11, and that's on page 954. It's an interesting passage, and it's a letter from Paul to to the uh, Christians in Philippi. Um, He may be responding to uh, a specific situation, or it may be just a general uh, proposition he's presenting. It's interesting that it is in two parts. The first is a narrative, sounds like a letter to folks. The second is a poem. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in a very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Let's be in a spirit of prayer together. Let us pray. Oh God, this day I ask you to fill us all with a spirit of curiosity, spiritual curiosity of openness to new ideas, to new ways of understanding you and how you are active in our lives and in the life of this world. God, crack us open that we might let go of the things we need to let go of and that we might grab a hold of you in gratitude and in hope. Amen. From that text, 
Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Jesus Christ. Murray, Ken, and Bob. They were faithful 70-something-year-old men in the church I served in Rhode Island 20 years ago. Each was a real gentleman and a good man. Murray took me out to breakfast every month just to ask me how things were going in my ministry. Ken, every Sunday, he'd always have something thoughtful to say as he shook my hand at the back door. And Bob, if something was broken at the church, he'd always fix it. No questions asked. But I grew to respect them for something even deeper, a great sacrifice, their sacrificial love that each one had made in their lives. And one amazing day, I heard about it firsthand. You see, we all served on a nonprofit board, and before a meeting, talk turned to World War II. They were all veterans. Then spontaneously and humbly and seriously, they told their stories. Murray was among the first wave of soldiers to set foot on Omaha Beach on D-Day, and as a 19-year-old kid, he scrambled up onto that sandy graveyard and made it safely to shore. It was the scariest day of my life, he said. Bob piloted one of the hundreds of landing crafts that unloaded thousands of soldiers onto the shores of Normandy Beach. It was intense, he said, bullets flying by, soldiers praying and throwing up, battleships lobbing huge shells from behind us. Ken was an 18-year-old infantry soldier in 1945's Battle of the Bulge that happened in one of the worst European winters ever. He barely escaped capture, hunkered down in a snow-covered foxhole for 28 straight days and nights freezing, unsure if he'd ever see home again. Their wives sacrificed too. Ken's spouse Louise wrote to him almost every day of the war, and 50 years later, they still cherished those letters. Murray's wife, Jessie, was a young Londoner during the Blitz, and so many nights she scrambled out of the safety of her bed and into an underground subway station as the bombs rained down on the city. Each of those very human people, like you, like me, a time came in their lives when circumstances, when events, when life itself called for sacrifice. Sacrifice. And so they did so. They put lives on the line, humbly stepped forward when their nation asked, who will serve They gave up time. They gave up years of their life. They gave. They sacrificed. To give and give and give again in love. To give not because we get something in return, not for personal gain or satisfaction, not for fame, not out of guilt or obligation, but to give freely. To give. To love with courage and commitment because another human being Another child of God, maybe some great cause, calls for humans 
to sacrifice. Friends, as a human, an American, a Christian, when I hear such amazing stories of sacrifice and love like those of that senior citizen trio, I'm rendered speechless. I'm in awe. Not just in the face of dramatic battlefield sacrifice. Most of us will never be called upon to give up so much. But also in daily, quiet, faithful acts of sacrificial love, too. A spouse who sits bedside with a loved one who has cancer, who gives their all to comfort them, to be with them until death, do they part. Parents who sacrifice for their kids, who give up their lives in a way so that their children might thrive and do well. Christians who sacrifice out of love for others and love for God, who feed the hungry, who defend the powerless. Maybe even rare political leaders who sacrifice, who serve the public and the public good, not to feed oversized egos or in pursuit of raw power, but instead to serve because they love their country so much. I wonder, I worry, if I would have have the courage and the commitment and the faith to live a life marked by sacrifice, regularly giving so others might flourish, putting you first and me second, stepping aside and making sure that the least of these, our brothers and sisters, that they get the very best seat at the table, sacrificed, asking not what is in it for me, but instead what is in it for thee and for we in community. Friends, when I say that phrase, sacrificial love, sacrificial love, what comes to your mind? Who do you think of? Who do you thank God for? Who are the souls who sacrificed, who sacrifice still in love for you? So in this, our summer of love, as we reflect upon the myriad ways that human love and God's love breaks into our world, this morning I ask us to consider sacrificial love, love that gives, gives for something, for someone else that gives for some noble cause. Love is found in the life and the teachings and the ultimate act of sacrifice in our Christian faith and tradition, the sacrifice and the example of the cross The cross, friends, I think when we practice sacrificial love as people of faith, we get the closest to living just like Jesus Christ, more so than any other kind of love. Jesus, who, as St. Paul writes, though he was in the form of God, emptied himself, being born in human likeness and being found in human form, he humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross. Here's something amazing and mysterious to ponder. I believe that Jesus was God incarnate, God in the flesh. And so it was God, yes, God, who freely, in love, sacrificed God's self. Think about that. God's self for the world on the cross. God in heaven came down to earth. God all-powerful became powerless. God the creator humbled God's self to show us the way, a way of life, a way to live as followers of the humble carpenter's son from Nazareth, to love and to sacrifice and to be humble. 
For me, humility is one of the keys to sacrificial love. Humility, not humiliation, not emptying ourselves completely to the point of disappearing, no, and not martyrdom either, living like a martyr, woe is me. No, real humidity, humility. That's what struck me most that day when I heard the stories of Murray and Bob and Ken. What convicts me most whenever I hear about or witness one human being sacrificing for another human being. You know, as a pastor, I have walked into the valley of the shadow of death too many times, but if one thing has helped me keep the faith through those shadow-filled journeys, it is seeing humility and sacrifice in action. Parents who refuse to give up on a child who is addicted to drugs, they will not walk away from their kid, no matter what, and so they give. Loving spouses who walk through a cancer diagnosis with a loved one, the bad news from the doctor, the life-sucking chemotherapy treatments, the hundreds of trips to the hospital, the days of hope, the nights of fear. I will not let you walk alone through this, they say and they sacrifice. Or the quiet sacrifice that I've seen in people of faith who really live their faith out and put their reputation, their livelihoods, even their lives on the line for another person in need, even a stranger. Like my pastor friend, Randy Mayer, that I spoke about in worship a few weeks ago. Randy serves a multiracial Anglo-Spanish UCC church in Sahuarita, Arizona, just 50 miles from the Mexico border. 18 years ago, Randy was greatly troubled by the reality that hundreds of Mexican undocumented immigrants were literally dying of thirst in the Arizona desert each year as they made their way north. So Randy helped found Humane Borders, a volunteer group whose sole and simple humane purpose is to set up and maintain scores of water stations in the desert. And for that merciful work, Randy and his volunteers have received threatening letters and phone calls, have been shamed and vilified publicly, have even been shot at, and all because they heard and heed these words of Christ. I was thirsty. I was thirsty. And you gave me something to drink. So Randy carries on, he sacrifices in love because that's the example of Jesus. To serve and serve humbly. To serve and not fear or even count the cost. Sacrificial love. Friends, no sacrifice, no faith in a way. Sacrifice is at the heart of faith. On the cross, and beyond the cross to a world marked by mercy, by care, by humility, and by love. God's love for us and our love for fellow children of God, close by and far away, known and anonymous. As the congregational minister Olympia Brown once said, he who never sacrificed a present to a future good or a personal to a general good can speak of happiness only as the blind do, of colors. And yes, sacrifice can produce happiness and purpose in the deepest and most profound sense. 
The virtue of sacrifice is at the very heart of what it means to be a Christian, of what it means to be a human, and of what it means to live a truly good life, to give and give and give again like Jesus. What wondrous love is this? O oh, my soul, O oh, my soul, what wondrous love is this? Let all God's people say, Amen. Our middle hymn, which Betsy sang the first verse of, and we will sing all the verses of, is found on the insert in your bulletin and is, What Wondrous Love Is This?